Blog Talk Radio. It is what's today's date? March thirteenth? March twelfth or what's today's thirteenth? Thirteenth. It is my it is my turn to lead this, right? I, 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 yes. I you control the music, so you lead it. I control the music. Uh, we have this. I, I, Blog Talk Radio has this little online studio that you use to do the music and the calls and what have you. And, well, welcome to the latest Outsports podcast or live radio. I don't even know what we should call it anymore. Uh, I uh, call it the Outsports podcast. Outsports podcast. Today we're talking gay pro athletes and and a couple of cool developments and and their repercussions or or lack of repercussions. First, uh, again, last week we had a, a fun caller from from St. Louis. You can always call into the show at three four seven. Nine four five seven eight three four, and you can be our second caller ever. Uh, but we're going to start off today. We're talking about Jason Collins and the Brooklyn Nets. When when before Jason signed, and and actually for years we've heard what what a distraction that that a gay pro athlete would be if he came out on his team and and would torpedo the season. It would be more than the team could handle. Jim, the Nets are eight and two with Jason Collins. So, where's all the media circus and the distraction? It is kind of funny. I mean, it's like in a good way. There's the media circus has come and gone, and whatever clowns there were, you know, <laughs> never showed up because there's really nothing. It's actually in a good way, kind of a boring story. Not nothing to talk about other than how the Nets are playing, which is the story. And whether or not it's coincidental to Jason, but clearly he hasn't hurt the team chemistry, which is another thing we heard from people that you know would happen. It would disrupt the dynamics of the locker room. But yeah, I mean, I do think there's some. The big thing about Jason is he know all, he knew all these guys, and so he kind of fit in well. It still would be interesting if somebody came out in the middle of the season, but even then, I don't think it would be a big deal after the initial story. I mean, we heard years ago. Bill Walsh, uh, according to Dave Copay, said Bill Walsh once said if he had a gay player, it would have been a one-week story because he would not have let it be more than that. Right. You know, and I think back then even Walsh had a sense of this how this stuff can be sort of controlled. That you know, it's only a problem if you let it be a problem. And so many people thought, oh my God, you know, things will be terrible, or can, impossible, and it's almost like it was the best thing the Nets done all season. Yeah, well, they were nine and one over one ten-game streak back in uh, January or December, but uh, eight and two is their second-best ten-game streak of the season. And you know, Collins has not played a lot of minutes, and I don't even know if he scored a point. I think he might have scored one point or just uh, just a couple. He's pulled down some rebounds, and he's certainly taken some fouls. And and you know, it's funny. I as I've tweeted out a couple times as as they're. They have, they have a bit of a win streak going here. As it's increased, I keep saying, you know, look look how good they are with Jason Collins. And people are very quick to say, this is ridiculous. He, he That spot should have gone to somebody else. He's not even producing. Does, does it matter that he's pretty much sitting on the bench and he, he'll get 
five minutes here or ten minutes there, but does it even matter for for us for for LGBT athletes that he's pretty much sitting on the bench? No, because that's his role. I think if he was a a, a superstar caliber, and for some stupid reason he was sitting on a bench, <laughs> that'd be a big story. But he was a role player, and. You know, I think it's funny to try to say he's the reason for it, but the point was, remember, we heard it would be such a distraction, it would be detrimental, and it's not detrimental. I mean, I didn't realize yeah. they're 3-0 against the Heat this year. They, they, you know, kind of interesting if they wound up in a playoff matchup with the Heat, if they could actually beat them, since they've already beaten them three times out of three. But, yeah, I mean, I think if he's if, – if you obviously the star coming out is going to be the big deal in terms of, you know, the scrutiny, but – I don't think it matters how often Jason plays. The fact of the matter, he's on the court, and we were told, it seemed for years, that it would be impossible. It's not only possible, it's simply a non-story right now. Yeah, that was the big thing, that, 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 it, was, that, that it was going to be such a distraction. Owners didn't want him, and coaches didn't want him or other gay athletes because it was just going to be too much for the team to handle. And, and for me, whether, yeah, whether he's scores zero points or a hundred points over the over the rest of the season, the fact that they're winning just discredits all of that nonsense that we heard for so long about what a distraction that gay player is going to be and and, and not just the media, right, but also in the locker room that, that it's gonna be impossible to shower with him and all this stuff and it's going to erode team chemistry. Instead they're <laughs> they're on their second best streak of the entire season. Yeah, it is funny how all these things have been building up for you know, more than a decade and accelerated the last decade. It's sort of just been dismantled without anybody really noticing. I mean, I don't see anybody writing about this other than the fact that he's, he's played. But, you know, it's not like they're writing Mia culpas and it's simply, oh, he's gay and he's in the NBA and it's not a big deal. And I think that that's wonderful about it. But. It is kind of funny how when people say it's impossible, and I, I always use the, bat, the analogy just because it was really broad, like, well, God, if we got over 9-11, how could you not get over a gay player in sports? And yet people <laughs> acted like this was this impossible thing. Oh, my God, it'd be terrible. And so, <clears throat> well, yeah, Now, it is interesting oh, about that, just like your thoughts, is uh, a German soccer club is probably going to be fined for some of their fans having this really nasty anti-gay sign in the in the stands. And I wrote that if Jason Collins was a soccer player in Europe, he might be having a totally different experience. And it's something Robbie Rogers said about why he didn't come out in England. So I think, you know, that's an interesting angle that is, are American sports fans more enlightened than your European counterparts on this? Well, I've said for years that the most homophobic corner of sports is is soccer and 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 European soccer in particular. So, I, I, you know, it, it and it, it was it wasn't a surprise to hear Robbie Rogers and and Robbie Keane and others say that the European soccer, the environment there for gay athletes and Robbie Keane is straight. He just would talk about the difference. The, compared to Major League Soccer, is just night and day. They say, but but there's there are a lot of Big things going on with the European soccer, cracking down on that. And the Football Association and England has a has a has a big program that they're they're doing uh, to combat it. And 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 a lot of places, yeah, a lot of leagues are they're they're fining teams for the behavior of their 
of their fans on this issue. So it's it, they're, they're, you know, and what's interesting is we we still still talk about race issues in this country. There are there are really like uh, outward racial issues still going on in Europe, big time. I mean. Calling players well, one club in, in Russia is, has to play before uh, an empty stadium because of the monkey chance right. against a black player. So, I mean, you have this is still going on. And I got a nice email from the editor of SB Nation's Bayern Munchen blog that basically my first piece was, you know, slamming the fans. And he goes, hey, good point. But there is a group of Bayern Munchen fans that are, you know, starting this have started this pro-gay thing and they really spoke out against it. So, there, there is a big pushback in soccer, but it still shows that, I mean, Jason Collins w- does not face a single, we can get a single negative thing from any fans. Has been, and if anything, they've been, he's been cheered in opposing arenas, you know, from people who know what he's doing. Yeah, I wonder if he if he actually has if he has walking into the walking through the tunnel, you know, they just they just beat the Heat. If last night somebody just said, you know, you know. Drop an F bomb on him or something. Boy, I imagine I we would have heard about it. You just have a feeling these days with all this that that kind of stuff would have been caught by somebody. You know that it, I just hard find it hard to imagine that if someone dropped the F bomb on Jason Collins in public somewhere that somebody would not have noticed it and said, "Whoa." Yeah. But I think, see, yeah, I'm reading, you know, if if Michael Sam plays this year. If he'll experience anything, I think not. Ball crowd with seventy thousand people, all it takes is one or two idiots. Well, the thing about that is, the only people who will hear it are other fans. Yeah, or people. <laughs> Michael yeah, Sam right. is going to hear. I can't imagine. Or maybe if they, maybe if you know, he's on like I don't know the Patriots and they're playing. What's a really bad team? What's a what's going to be a really <laughs> bad team next season? What? You said Oakland. Oakland Wait. is a pretty bad team. <clears throat> Oakland, right? So yeah, so the Patriots are up forty-five to zero in Oakland, and, and you can hear a pin drop because the stadium is quiet, which probably wouldn't happen anyway. Then maybe he could hear it, but otherwise, he's not going to hear some fan in a football stadium. Even that, I always thought that if fans of even the Raiders heard Raider fans saying that, that would be crossing a line for them. That their own fans yeah. would shut this guy down. You know that. That this because this kind of stuff simply is not acceptable. Racial st- stuff is not acceptable from fans. Fans would shut their own fellow fans down, and I think even I think even with that, I, I have a, I have a feeling that he would be this person would be slammed down by everybody in the vicinity. That's you know STFU, and you know what do you? That's that's beyond the pale. At least I would like to think so. Yeah, well, I, I think I think you're probably right. <clears throat> Uh, well, you know, we're going to find out what what people in South Carolina think pretty soon because the Myrtle Beach Mutiny, a professional soccer team here in the United States in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, signed Anton Heisen, the openly gay professional soccer player in is he in Sweden now? I think he's English but playing in Sweden. Is it Sweden? Uh, Norway? Yeah, well, it's Finland, One of those places way up north. I'm pretty sure it's Sweden. God, we sound like... I thought guy. he was well, Swedish like playing in England at one point. I thought he was English. What, his father... He grew up in England, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure his father played for... Well, anyhow, whatever. He's a European soccer player. And he's gay. And he's out. And the team in South Carolina went and signed him. And, you know, we could talk about... 
Jason Collins being signed in the NBA and a, a team in New York City and and Michael Sam where he might go and but a team in South Carolina just signed an openly gay professional soccer player. What I just don't know where these people can hide anymore who say it's impossible. Yeah, I mean, I, my, my latest theory of why guys stay closeted, and, 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 and I mean this sort of ironically, is the media, that you can't come out quietly. Um, yeah. And so I think that's part of the reason for a lot. I mean, Anton's not going to get that kind of publicity playing at that level, and my guess is almost nobody will know that he is gay, you know, in, this, in the thing. But I think the fact that they signed him just because they thought he'd be a good player for them is, is another proof that this is not – you know, this this is a different era, and we had uh, was it David Testo who thought he couldn't keep playing in the MLS, and I think you know he was probably proved wrong when they signed Robbie Rogers, and I think Anton's a case where you know it was a big story when Anton came out, like was it probably three years ago, right? Yeah, that's about right. Because he was about the first openly gay pro soccer player anywhere, even though I don't think he ever played at the at the Premier League level, but. Um, you know, now it's a thing where we have guys in the MLS, and I think the next big boundary will be will be someone in a major European soccer league, either in Spain, Spain Italy, Germany, or England, would be the big thing. Um, and, and there, you know, again, it's, they're, they're 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 institutionally trying to do stuff in places like England, but it just they keeps being a pushback. Didn't you have a, another story of a soccer player or something, something stupid today? Well, it's it's this idea that. You know, I believe in the Bible, and because I believe in the Bible, then I have to be against homosexuality. Now, you still have a right to be homosexual, and you still have a right to pursue that however you want, but my this is my belief, and because it's my belief, it's my belief, and you can't call me homophobic because it's my belief. So, yeah, there was a, it, was a, it was a Brazilian player playing in France now. But it, we it, still, it we had a, we had a player the other day come out and say something along the lines of he thought you could not be gay in the English Premier League, even though he was very pro gay, but thought it was the, the taunt. And he he said the fans specifically would be the reason more so Why? than what, the, the what, team itself. This is, what, this is what drives me. What are the fans going to do? I mean, short of taking a gun into the game, which I imagine they have metal detectors to stop that. What are the fans going to do? I think it's an organized chants that have happened in the past where the entire sections would be chanting and abusing a guy an entire game. I mean, that's the stuff that happened with the stuff with racial stuff. The, the stuff is so organized among these a lot of these fans that it's not one isolated person. It can be an entire section, and you're hearing this abuse. And so, it's. I mean, something Robbie Rogers addressed, that this is still this thing for a lot of these players. You know, these soccer people are just kind of fanatics much more so than American sports fans. Um, and whether true or not, this is the fear these guys have. And so do you want to go on at the pitch and be abused for two hours? They already are. This is what people keep forgetting. They're already hearing the language. They're already being harassed. I mean, the, you, do you think that, that uh, Everton fans are going to sit on their hands when, when Chelsea comes comes into town and, and, and politely applaud, but all of a sudden there's a there's a gay player and uh, mayhem will suddenly ensue. <laughs> They're already hearing the stuff. The fans are already crazy. 
Well, this is just again, this is their reality, their perception. I'm not saying I, you know, I'm, I'm not as well versed on the European soccer culture as I'm an American soccer uh, football culture, which is why I think in America it's simply the Michael Sam story has gotten old already. You know, I mean, he'll have, I mean, nobody cares in a good way right now. He has his pro day a week from now. That'll be another set of stories. He'll have to draft. That'll be a set of stories. But I think you'll see that Michael Sam, the same thing happened to Jason Collins, especially if Michael's not a starter and he plays yeah. X percent of the play, you know, 20 plays a, a game or something or plays just on special teams. It's, you know, it's it's sort of going to be a, a quickly a non-story in the best way. And then we'll judge Michael just, you know, he'll simply be thought of as a football player. Um, I mean, Jason oh, wait, again, Collins, wanna, even in the – go ahead. I was just going to say, if you want to call in the numbers, 347-945-7834, we're talking about uh, gays and pro sports, Anton Heisen being signed, the Brooklyn Nets having a lot of success with Jason Collins. I, 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 I want to keep talking about this idea that the, the fans are the reason that, that people don't come out because I, I just – you know – you look at the laundry list of reasons that different people, particularly people in the media, give for, for people coming out. And it's the, the team is going to reject them. Well, you and I have talked to hundreds of gay athletes. That just doesn't happen. It's, it's, it's not credible. The, uh, the, the owners in front office will reject them. Well, the, the LA Galaxy traded the, the league's leading scorer and eventual league MVP for a, a gay player who hadn't played in the league in three years and was recovering from an injury. And, and, and so we keep being left with all these things, and now, and now the big one is the fans, the fans. And, the, and so I, don't, I truly don't but, understand. But we're also talking about Europe in this case, meaning I do think there's a – I mean, I don't think anybody talks as much about the fans in America because I really even haven't heard that with Michael Sam. Sure they did. Bruce Arians said it. Bruce, that's what, that was Bruce Arians' big reason. Remember, it was the yeah, fans. But, the I mean, fans that's, are that's, going to be too much. Not been, that's not been the big take from, from Michael Sam as much. Um, but I think in Europe, when you have arenas being cleared because they're 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 chanting racist chants, it just I mean, there's so many of these teams. It just it's a these guys see it as a problem. I'm not saying I agree with it, because but I'm not over there, and I'm not in their shoes. I mean, here's yeah, what Saul okay. Campbell, you know, said. Uh, I don't think the system is ready for it. Um, sometimes fans could be really vile. And he mentioned Thomas Hitzberger said he's not he's retired now. He's not playing every week and going to stadiums. Um, this is you know one this is a black player by the way Saul Campbell is saying this, but this is the feeling at least in Europe, and I don't think it's the case in America. I mean Michael Sam got a standing ovation when he went back to uh, you know uh, Missouri, Missouri, and I think he's going to get a standing ovation from, from pretty much everywhere. <laughs> but I think in Europe, you know, it's like I think it's a, I think I'd like to hear from a European soccer player about the cultural differences and to see what they would say about it that have but, have stuff you and I don't know about. But again, what you're going to hear is the same old. We're not ready. The fans aren't ready. They're really vile. They say horrible things, which they do. Anyway, and again, you have to remember that a lot of these places, and like you said, there's a Russian team playing in front of an empty stadium. The, the fans do at some level get that if they do start these chants, they will not be allowed to their team's home games. So I just, I, I, I just, I, this is the same stuff you can 
you can put it in a different location, you can put a different name on it. It's the same stuff we've heard for years here. And I, what is going to be so different in your – okay, but the fans are more vile. Okay, well, but <laughs> I just don't see how that's going to – how that – I understand that's why people might stay in the closet. I don't understand how it's going to actually affect anything once – like an athlete, after he comes out, he's already hearing this stuff. Yeah, but I think that it may be guys that aren't hearing it now. Maybe guys that no one's chanting that this guy's a poofter or whatever. And so the feeling is once I come out as gay, I am a specific target for this, as opposed to this general thing of, you know, they'll say somebody's gay who has a wife and, and four kids. I mean, I think that that's, that's, I think, the issue for these guys is that you then personalize it. I am gay, so therefore you're targeting me versus you're calling me a whole bunch of names and just because I'm, a, you know, I'm an opponent. Um, I, I think we do try to, have to find – we should try to get someone from European soccer on the podcast and talk about this because, to me, it's an interesting thing. I'm just not over there. I mean, obviously, and you aren't either. Yeah. I'm curious to see if there is such a different level, and Robbie Rogers has addressed that, that there is a different level, and I'd like to kind of hear from somebody. But I do think that you know we can speak more articulately about America, and I think in America I just don't see it being a problem anymore with an openly gay player being taunted by, you know, there might be one or two idiot fans who are drunk, but I think that those people are going to be beat down pretty quickly by everybody else. Um, and in well, a place like Brazil, gonna... there was a great story where a, a gay volleyball player was being taunted from the stands for being gay because he had come out um, or, or was outed, basically. And then his next home game, like all the fans wore, I think, pinky wear, and it was like this love fest. <laughs> and so kind of people get it. Um, and I think they'd probably get it in Europe, but for whatever reason, it's, it's still seen as a problem. Well, I, I, Anton Heisen was going to try to get on the, the podcast today, but he just ran into a scheduling problem. He's going to join us when once he gets to the U.S., and we'll certainly ask him about about European soccer. We can we can also try to get Chris Gibbons, who's with the Football Association, on. He heads up their, their diversity uh, again, the number to call, 347-945-7834. Jim, you had uh, something that you just posted uh, uh, a few minutes ago about Phil Jackson. I haven't been able to read it all yet, but he, he said he's, he's, he's clarifying, he's backtracking on what he said about gay NBA players. Last year at a forum for the Final Four, it was a promotional thing, because he was going to be t- live-tweeting the Final Four with, somebody else and i guess he got asked a question kind of out of left field about gay players and he called it a ridiculous question said he had never coached any gay players and he took heat from it from people like john amici who just slammed them and we slammed them and we have a writer marty mcguire that was a young freelancer and very talented kind of fiction non-fiction writer he wrote a piece for us last year on the super bowl and he's you know he's not a big sports fan and so he winds up being in this creative writing class with Phil Jackson's ex-wife, and he gets to know her, mentions the stuff about the anti-gay stuff. She goes home for Thanksgiving and then lets Marty know, oh, I brought it up at our Thanksgiving dinner because uh, uh, June Jackson's still very close with Phil and spends some holidays with him. And I guess it created this lively dinner table discussion at the Jackson household. And Phil was kind of mortified that he that his ridiculous thing was about that the question was out of line, that basically I was told this is all going to be questions about tweeting in the Final Four, and this question comes out of left field. So that's what he said he meant by ridiculous. 
And so through June Jackson, Phil sent uh, or Phil sent directly Marty an email where he clarified his remarks and said, you know, um, I still stand by what I said. I did not know at the time that I was coaching of any players I knew for a fact were gay, but Jason and John Amici have come out, and I wish them the best, and you've got to live your own truth. So he's kind of clarifying it. So it was just kind of an interesting coda to this, that this creative writer winds up getting this sports story <laughs> through Phil Jackson's ex-wife, and um, I, I made him, June Jackson actually read his story before we published it, just so she would not have any problem with it, and she loved it. So... Um, <laughs> You know, but she said Phil has propensity for shooting from the hip, and he shot from the hip and said something right. that, in a sense, was sort of taken out of context, but also was stupid. Like you know, that it it came out ridiculous, and I didn't know anybody. It made it sound like you know this guy was this clueless you know guy. But anyway, it's a, it's a, it's a, and the piece is interestingly because it's written from a very that kind of writer's perspective. It's not a news story. It's more of a how did I stumble across this thing. And Marty's told me this back in Thanksgiving, and we just haven't run it because Marty – well, you know, the things happen. Stories just kind of get lost. And now that Phil's going to be sure. probably the new president of the Knicks that has a certain newsworthiness to it. So the bottom line is Phil does not have a problem with gay players and wishes to clarify his remarks. So. Well, that's – I mean, it's first of all, it always seemed odd that Phil Jackson <laughs> – would have a problem with gay athletes, or that he was dismissive of the issue. I mean, he's a he's a pretty seems to be a pretty hip guy, and but but the stuff that he said last you know about you know not having what was it he had never encountered a gay athlete or something. Does he something talk like about that? that, or that he knew about well, it was the email was like three paragraphs, and it was it wasn't like it was a back and forth, but you know he, his whole thing about the ridiculous thing was about the question itself, like. Hey, this is all supposed to be about the final four and me tweeting, and this gets thrown out there. Uh, but he said, you know, that I have never known or known of any NBA player that professed to be gay. That was true at the time when I was playing and coaching the NBA. I'm sure I could have couched that statement a little better, but it was the truth. Now, of course, we are aware of a couple of guys, John and Jason, that have come out good for them. Living in the truth is the best and maybe the only way to live a mindful life. So, I mean, you know, he is. He said what he said, but I thought it was kind of interesting to me as the more the dynamics of how this sort of wound up being a story from right. a guy who's at a, the only gay male in a writing class with middle-aged women, and somehow Phil Jackson's ex-wife is there. That's bizarre. Which kind of makes you wonder how many of these things, you know, how many people know these fascinating stories that they don't know are stories because they're clueless about sports or something. You know, they may be some NFL player they met at a bar and the guy, you know, has no idea who he is. And What uh, what was his ex-wife doing at Thanksgiving dinner with him? That's my question. Uh, apparently they're still close. I mean, they still have a relationship. And uh, what does she refers to Phil as her... Uh, um, Wasband, <laughs> not husband, as her, as her wasband. Um, so I guess they actually will celebrate some holidays together. I mean, it's not like it was an acrimonious split, and so I guess this comes up and it engenders all this topic at their dinner table about gays and stuff. And so it's also another example of how the how the whole gay thing becomes once it becomes personal and people talk about it, people eyes are opened. And so even someone like Phil Jackson probably was a little surprised that what was this offhanded kind of flip remark 
had consequences because he's Phil Jackson. Yep. So. Well, that's what happened when you win 11 NBA championships. <laughs> yeah. Although going to the <laughs> Knicks, every, good luck. <laughs> everything you say becomes scrutinized, and and you got to talk about it. you got to defend yourself at Thanksgiving dinner to your ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> but, man, going to the Knicks, that's penance enough, although I guess we're probably paying them a fortune. <laughs> Well, that's not a bad place to be. I mean, oh, it's, it's a big media market. Why? Oh, the oh, media market's great. The team is is a total train wreck. I mean, the ownership might be the worst ownership among the worst in sports. It's just, you know, if 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 you can take the Raiders and put them in the NBA, it's kind of what the Knicks are like. So. <laughs> but he's probably getting paid so much money that it's ridiculous to turn it down. Yeah. So. Cry me a river that Phil Jackson has to deal with some bad ownership. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. The guy who had Michael, then Shaq, and Kobe. So yeah, exactly. deal with the Knicks. Now we'll see what he's what made was of. him. What was him? Uh, well, anything else that we want to uh, plug? It's uh, a nice little, uh, just... a little fun story about these two Olympic sailors in Spain who want to raise their profile and sponsorship, and so they put pictures of themselves nude on their sailing boat after they got a certain number of likes on Facebook. So I thought, well, it's a creative use of social media. I don't know how being nude on a sailboat is going to get you some, those big endorsement dollars, but uh, it does have a nice butt. So. <laughs> well, they get some attention, but yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe, for, maybe they'll get a, a good underwear line or a swim line to sponsor them. Or uh, a, that's a, a, a we... suntan lotion. What the su- there you go, suntan lotion. Uh, All right, so that's all the time we have this week. We will check back with you next week, uh, same time.